All right, hello everyone, and welcome to Not Knowing About Poetry, a podcast where we do our best to talk about poetry without really knowing much about it. As usual, I'm Joel, and today I'll be joined for the second time by Shima Imshir, who uh, once again I'm delighted to have join us from Istanbul. Hello everyone, hello Joel. Hello Shima. I've been really looking forward to today's discussion of Zafar Kuniel and thinking about what he gets from Renaissance texts because he was maybe one of the first poets to make me think that this could be an interesting question at all. Um, and I first ex encountered Kuniel at a poetry reading and he's one poet where um, the, the live performance of his, his writing certainly enhances your, your experience of them. Um, the importance of that question for him was maybe especially because his poem Prayer, which is going to be one of the uh, two uh, foci of our discussion today, quotes and responds directly to a poem by George Herbert, a poem, a poet that I have personally spent a lot of time working on. So as usual, we're going to, in a moment, get into talking about George Herbert first. But I do just want to introduce Kuniel too, as maybe the slightly less well-established poet from those two, so we know who you're talking about. Um, Kuniel was born sometime in the 80s. I still haven't established exactly which year, but he was uh, born in Birmingham to a mother from England and a father who had migrated from Pakistan. And the unique configurations of language, memory, family, history, and all kinds of personal identity that that background gives rise to are really important themes and repeated concerns in his poetry. He's, he's someone whose biography I do feel I want to know a bit more about because he doesn't actually talk about it in much detail. But I understand he studied economics um, at LSE before uh, getting some acclaim as a poet in the last few years. Uh, and that acclaim is based on some, po some publications, especially with Faber. He had a poem, a pamphlet of poems featured in the Faber New Poets series back in 2014. And some of those poems also made it into his collection, Us, uh, also published by Faber in 2018. And it's a prayer from, from us that we're going to talk about today. Last year, he published another, another pamphlet called Six, which I haven't looked at yet, but I'm looking forward to. And he also finished that year a PhD in creative writing from Manchester Metropolitan University, which I believe is all about the beginnings of poems, um, which is something I'd love to get a look at. So Kuniel's writing about language and identity is so rich and varied that it's difficult to highlight any one poem that summarises his approach in a way that can launch us off into the, the work you want to do today. But in one text, um, he talks about taking the family Quran down from its place on top of the wardrobe in a childhood that's already suffused by the mythology of Narnia, gained as much from watching VHS tapes as it is from reading the books. This combination means that he's long looked up to books, the distance they cover. That's a quote. And that admiration leaves him feeling bewildered in bookshops, forgetting why he came in in the first place. That's a very different experience of literary history than any of the previous poets we've discussed here. And perhaps that's a little thing we could keep in mind while we get to his work. So let's start by having a chat about the poem Prayer by George Herbert, which Cuniel goes on to quote. Prayer comes from a collection of religious poetry called The Temple, published in 1633, that had a, an absolutely enormous influence on the way devotional poetry was written from the 1630s through to the end of the 17th century, 
and onwards right up to the current day. Prayer is one of several sonnets that Herbert wrote, um, and prayer is a persistent theme throughout his poetry. And while this poem seems to offer a lot of definitions of prayer, a lot of statements about what prayer is, part of what makes this poetry enduring is that it raises as many questions as it answers. So although when we read this out, there's a certain simplicity to it, which makes it appealing and brings readers in, as soon as we start talking, I think we'll realize that it's maybe not so simple. So to start us off, this is the poem Prayer by George Herbert. Prayer, the church's banquet, angel's age, God's breath in man returning to his birth, the soul in paraphrase, heart in pilgrimage, the Christian plummet sounding heaven and earth, Engine against the Almighty, sinner's tower, reverse thunder, Christ's side piercing spear. The six days world transposing in an hour, a kind of tune which all things hear and fear. Softness and peace and joy and love and bliss, exalted manner, gladness of the best. Heaven in ordinary, man well dressed the Milky Way, the bird of paradise, church bells beyond the stars heard, the soul's blood, the land of spices, something understood. All right, so Shima, I just wonder what your initial impressions of that poem is after reading it out. Um, well, it is quite interesting that um, here it seems that we have this whole act of praying. Um, it seems like we have a sentence here, and um, and in this sentence we have this list of the things that we sense while praying, or the things that we experience, and it's just beautiful um, list of all the things that are surrounding us during the act of praying. But would you like to go and um, look at it line by line, or how well, would you? I, how would you I mean, maybe just I'm just thinking about the the overall impression, and I think that idea of a list is. It's quite an interesting thing. Like, yeah. maybe the question it, it raises for me is when, when we read it through, did we think, like, is it adding up to something? Is it, is it increasing? Like, does it start at one place and go to somewhere else? Or mm -hmm. is it like just a list of completely random items that he's kind of lumped together? I, and I think that's a really difficult question for the poem, but. I wonder what you think about that. Is there any shape to the way the list is formed or, or is it just random? I'm trying to find, find the order in it, but um, it, seems, it seems more random uh, to me. Um, the, you know, we have prayers, the church banquet. So we have the list of the, you know, what we have in the, in the banquets. So we have angels age, we have God's breath in man returning to his birth, perhaps a line we should uh, look into more yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah. fall in paraphrase, heart and pilgrimage, everything in this, everything we find in this banquet, um, what the sentence is given to us, it seems. I love that idea. I actually hadn't, I hadn't thought about that before, but it's, it's almost like the poem is, is a table laid out with loads of different mm. options for what prayer is. And... And maybe that makes me think that the point of the poem is, is not to say, it's not saying 
prayer is this one thing and I'm, I'm explaining it, but poet, prayer is many things and yeah. I, don't, I don't know which one it is, but it's all of these things and it's like a banquet. And yeah, yeah, and um, different kind of emotions as well, softness and peace and joy and love and bliss. Um, but then sometimes we have these um, images of thunder as well, uh, Christ's side piercing spears. So there is some sort of um, more, you know, less less peaceful scenes in the in the poem as well. Uh, but then, of course, the final line I think gives us the clue about what is happening, which he says. Um, something understood um, but yeah. something is a good word there because what what is something we don't know what that thing is but you feel it and I think all these emotions that you feel all these things that you experience du during prayers it is it is there um, laid out in front of us by this by this long sentence yeah and actually you know what I think I think it's maybe I, I'm really glad. I'm really glad the way you picked up on that first phrase, "Prayer of the Church's Banquet," and maybe it is worth us just spending a moment on that something understood, um, because I, I I agree with you. That's a very interesting way to to finish, um, and each each image seems kind of weirdly specific, while also being slightly confusing. Whereas uh -huh. that, that last one, something understood. Well, maybe maybe it still has that com that combination of being specific. You know, it's about understanding, but then confusing because what is what is the something? And maybe you know, as as a kind of reader of Herbert's whole uh, collection of poetry, um, I guess a question for me is like something understood. Is is this expressing satisfaction? Is this expressing like you know what, I, I pray all the time and I understand things all the time. And, you know, that's why I like prayer because I understand things and I'm at peace and I'm comfortable and I'm happy. Or is it saying, I never understand things. And if only one time I could understand something, then, you know, maybe I would feel happy. I, did, you, did you hear anything in that something understood um, along either of those lines or something different? I don't know. I mean, it is. Is there satisfaction? That's a very good question. Um, I'm looking at the feelings again. A kind of tune which all things hear and fear. So it's not like entirely a very soft and um, easy process either. So you had you have things like angels age, and then you have, of course, reverse thunders. Um, you ha you have things that you hear, and you have things that you fear. Yeah. Um, they are all of those things are at this table when we when we pray. You know they, that that world opens in front of us. Um, so is is that can we define it as satisfaction? I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, I think I think perhaps something understood that that final line there. It is um, as you said. You know it's a bit specific because we understand something, but yeah. at the same time the fact that we don't exactly know what we understand. Um, is it is it is our language enough to capture? Is, is our imagery enough to capture what we are understanding or what we are feeling? Is, well, is satisfaction the word? I mean, and I I think that I think that a lot, again. I think you've picked out a really um, really really helpful line for lots of reasons. Um, because I'm, I think when I, when I look at this poem, I'm often just trying to kind of divide it up. Like, let's have all the nice images and the not nice images. Uh -huh. Have all the kind of 
um, really fancy exotic images and let's have all the homely images. But what that line makes me ask is, uh, have we got like some images that are kind of coming down from God to us? And have uh -huh. we got some images that are kind of going, us, going up from us to God? And line, that's line eight, a kind of tune which all yeah. in fear. That's kind of interesting because it's, like, what is he on about? Is, is that what happens when we pray? No, that's something from, yeah. from God coming down, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it makes me ask, uh, you know, those verbs like hear and fear, are those the same things as uh, understood? Like, is, is, is hearing and fearing? And I think, and I think fear, you know, that I think that does have our modern meaning, but it also has a maybe a more general idea of, of sort of respect as well. So, um, you know, yeah. fear of the Lord isn't necessarily just just being in terror. It could be, but it's, it's not only that. Um, and also yeah, perhaps, I, um, sorry, sorry for interrupting. Um, I, I, again, looking at that line with your question, um, perhaps that line in itself is worth looking at a bit more in detail because, um, you know, the line goes, which all things hear and fear. So who hears it? What what do we hear? And also who 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 is it that hears? Um and who is it that fears? And so what is who is the object? Uh, what is the object? Um who is the subject? What what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I again like I think that's a that's a provocative work to pick out because mm -hmm. um you could have you could have all men here in fear so that'd be yeah. all people in the world or you could have um like all creatures here in fear and creature would almost be a, a word that i would expect there that all uh -huh. created animals um would be would be listening but all things and that, that it's interesting because herbert does think about all things in the world. He thinks about human beings in his poetry. He thinks about rocks. He thinks about animals. He thinks uh -huh. about plants. So does he mean, um, you know, the, the grass that grows, which, which he does talk about later in, in his poems, um, does that hear and fear God? Um, what, yeah, who does this apply to? And I think, you know, that there are, there are sort of bigger theological questions about whether um, creation fell at the same time as as humans fell, you know, sorry, in the sense of being excluded from Eden, um, and in that moment, it see it feels like, uh, you know, if we're grouping together everything in the world, it seems to be that everything yeah. is fallen, everything is excluded from paradise, and everyone has to yeah. hear and fear. Everything has to hear and fear. But you know what? I think that's interesting. Is just just talking about this this division of kind of coming down from God or going up to God. Yeah. Maybe that actually takes us on to a line that we, we really yeah. want to talk about, which is that idea of God's breath in man returning yeah. to his to birth. birth. Yeah. Because that seems, that's maybe one image. Mm -hmm. It's both of those. That's coming down and going back. Yeah, yeah. And um, that, that's, that image also uh, reappears again um, as we read, like the, um, like the reverse thunders. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, God's breath in man returning to His word. Of course, um, the, the the praying, um, the words that we are, you know, the, the breath in us. That is, um, you know, that's the the idea of you know God being in us. So there is that kind of, um, you know, almost um, like a reverse thunder um, going up, as you were 
saying, you know, yeah. back to where it came from. Um, so yeah, that that we find that imagery we find quite 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 a lot in this in this poem. Yeah, well, and I I'm just looking some so so some something like reverse thunder. I guess I found that an interesting one because it's something that that's completely not real, like. Um, mm -hmm. he's asking you to kind of imagine this thing that doesn't exist, which is not thunder coming down from heaven, which is what he usually does, but thunder going back up to heaven. Um, believers on the world, in the world, sending their, their messages back up to God, a bit like thunder. Yeah. And yeah. Um, maybe that kind of moment of fantasy, unless there's, unless there's a reference mm -hmm. here that I'm not thinking of, um, you know, maybe it maybe expresses some of that frustration that the only way you can imagine prayer or one of one of the ways you can imagine prayer is through the or prayer being successful is only through this kind of make believe imagery that, that, that can't possibly exist. Um, so mm -hmm. so if we think about God's breath in man returning to his birth, is this the idea that God in the in Genesis in, in I think chapter two? Um, breathe, mm -hmm. breathe breath into the life, into the, the clay Adam that he had made. Um, yeah. And breath there, I think, would be the word pneuma, um, which, which can mean wind or it can mean soul or, or breath as well. Um, so, so that's kind of the creation that God put breath into man. And now God, then, mm -hmm. then now man breathes and that breath goes back up. So does that feel so it, that's one line where it feels like it's almost a perfect cycle of but also weird i'm not maybe maybe i'm saying that we're perfect but i'm not convinced it is perfect hmm. um yeah that's that cycle idea is of course as we know is going to be useful for us when we read Camille as well um but yeah i mean there is that idea that you know what what do i do when i pray i'm using god's breath in me in order to sort of um, aimed at him again back back at him again sort of so there is that idea of i'm using it in order and that's the prayer isn't it, um, it is. that's that's the idea i know sorry what it is, now i'm just sort of weighing it up i'm just thinking about it like that reverse thunder <clears throat> because of course um to say god's breath in man returning to his birth the is the idea that god breathed life into me now I'm breathing life into God. That's not what happens. Um, no, huh. you know, no one thinks that's what happens. Um, no. Self-respecting theologian. Um, yeah. Herbert certainly wouldn't, but that seems to be what he's saying right there. But, uh, or, or at least, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just sort of pointing out the cracks in, the, um, in his logic that... Um, you know his kind of claim for for this sort of cycle this 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 circuit of of uh, communication um is is predicated on something that doesn't happen that has never happened that no one would actually believe happens but because because like you said yeah. you may aim you may aim your breath and throw it up like a javelin um like the <laughs> like the ejaculations that Herbert Herbert describes his book as a collection of, uh, um, <laughs> of ejaculations, um, you know, throwing throwing things up to to heaven. 
but that's not the yeah. same as breath returning to yeah. God. I mean, it is quite interesting because, uh, for instance, when he says engine against the almighty, so we have this, um, like the breath being the, that's how I read it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, do you agree with me? The engine against the almighty, as if the, the prayer here is the, that, um, it, that it, you know, ejaculation itself, the, you know, the, the breath coming out but towards God, going towards God, that, that's the engine going against the almighty, but rather than um, negative, and it, rather than a negative thing, perhaps it is this, you know, it's the direction of it. Right, um, okay, but that's, that's an interesting one, isn't it? So, and I, mm-hmm. and I, and I love, again, I just say, I'll say it again, but I love in the way this, in this poem, you kind of bring these things together and think, is that the same? Is that different? What's he asking us to do? And yeah, I think you're right to say, God's breath in man returning to his birth is the breath the same as an engine against the almighty and an engine in this case um obviously we're in a pre-industrial age but you would use the Mm -hmm. engine uh, and i'm I'm just going to quote my footnotes directly um that that would be an instrument of warfare so there's there's an aggression in talking about an engine against the almighty Um, Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a real effort it's a real struggle um, you know, maybe even, um, you know, a kind of war you're fighting just to get to God, but the war is also against God. Yeah. Um, that war imagery is um, interesting in that line as well, because right at that moment in the poem, Engine Against the Almighty, Sinner's Tower, Reverse Thunder, these are quite loud and quite um, violent images as well, quite side piercing spears. These are all, you know, these are not exactly the most peaceful scenes on earth so there is that sort of um you know the 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 pace of it is sort of you know quite quick and it's quite um you know it's not quite a peaceful soft moment so we have that um you know that that reverse standard imagery in these two two lines if you like and then but all of it the, the interesting thing what it, I mean, the interesting thing it does i think is that you know pray, praying how long does it take? So the, this and this poem itself, you know, it's we said that it looks like one sentence and we yeah. have a list. But as that one line over there that says the six days world transposing in an hour. It's like in that moment of praying, you just find everything, everything yeah. in there. That one long sentence, which is praying, I suppose. Right. And we find all those six days or all, all the things that we hear and fear. Yeah. Um, the softness, the peace, but also the reverse thunder as well. You know, everything that exists, we find in that one hour of praying. Okay, and well, like I'm, I mean, I, I, I like where we're going here, and thinking about those, what you say, yeah, these loud images. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what I find interesting is that those that's kind of a set of, um, should we say, like manufactured images or images of of artifice so god's breath in man and and man's breath returning to god those are you know we could say like completely natural right you just breathe and you know it it doesn't require any any uh, technology whereas if we're talking about in line four the christian plummet sounding heaven and earth uh just looking at my footnote the plummet is uh, an instrument for measuring the depth of water so that's a very kind of proto um Mm-hmm. Uh, enlightenment sort of image measuring stuff out you know you can think of uh, blake's 
um, Ancient of Days image measuring out the universe. So mm -hmm. you've got the plummet measuring, you've got the engine, which hasn't quite taken on its modern meaning, but it's, it's in the post. Um, mm -hmm. You've got a tower, you've got this spear. And in, in that context, it makes me feel like reverse thunder. And this, this may be a little bit abstruse, Shima, but it, it, the, the weird connection it makes me think of actually is like, is Ben Jonson's plays where uh, in, in Volpone and in The Devil is an Ass, uh, they have these, um, these projectors who, who come up with these crazy projects uh, to, to do marvellous things about fen drainage or the prevention of plague using totally mm -hmm. absurd uh, inventions. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I've just, I'm just starting to hear that in that reverse thunder. Like that's like a human perversion that could mm -hmm. never be true. Like you, you can invent a device to reverse thunder, um, but yeah. can't pretend that that's anything except a ridiculous project. Um, yeah. I think I'm reading a lot into it there. Uh, but, but I think, I mean, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, human made, not human made, natural or supernatural. Um, also, you know, there's that beautiful um, phrase there, soul's blood, which I really like. Um, yeah. It is in the line just before the final one. <laughs> yeah. The soul's blood, which, which is, I, I think it's quite nice the idea of you know connecting soul with the carnal yeah um and so we have all of these things almost like a carnival we have the good and the bad and the and the um, fearsome one and the, you know the uh, the softness and the you know the safety um but at the same time you know it is it is scary as well you know maybe the beauty yeah. itself is quite scary but you know the idea that there, there is you know when we pray it is you know all of these things like this banquet like just right in front of us and we take it in and we understand something um but then again you know it is then again perhaps you know going back to this question you know like is it what do we understand is it how do we interpret this? what yeah. what is it that we do when we pray what is it that we understand what, what what does it do what does what does language do yeah, and maybe I mean maybe coming back to that question, and then and then we'll move on because we've had about twenty minutes here. Um, coming back to that question, so yeah, I, I raised it as something like you know, I'll, do we feel satisfaction or, or dissatisfaction? And actually, yeah. when we talk about it more, I realise how how difficult it is to read a poem like this as um, frustrated. I, and I do think there's a frustration there. But when the whole purpose of the poem is to gather things together, and, and the poem does do yeah. that, you know, it does that. Um, yeah. And to, to kind of accommodate all these different possibilities, um, whether or not it's saying, whether or not it finds resolution or satisfaction mm -hmm. or success, whether or not it achieves that, um, it is, it, you can't avoid this, this kind of accommodation it makes for the possibility of understanding and the possibility of not understanding. Yeah. So if I'm looking for kind of one or the other, like the, this poem at least, maybe it's just bringing all of that together. And if we emphasize either side, we'd mm -hmm. be maybe slightly mistaken because they'd always be the other side because that's the point of the bank. Yeah, and also, of course, um, do we all understand the same thing? You know, that's another yeah. 
question maybe um i do maybe understand something else um you do understand something else you know um what is that perhaps you know something that is there to also shows us that you know um as you said you know something is understood something is not understood and different things are understood well and i mean that's you know i mean i think it's an it's a nice point because you know we've, we've got to bear in mind that he's he's at a point after you know a hundred very fractious years in in religious history um and i think these days to some extent he would be claimed by both like catholic protestant um calvinist thinkers in, in slightly different ways and i think it's that kind of possibility he offers for um potential conflict whatever whatever his own personal biographic uh, denomination was um that allows people to to read him as you know the catholic herbert or the protestant herbert or something in between look can yeah. we move on to zafakunio yeah yeah but perhaps you know perhaps before we do that you know maybe as a one final note you know um however we might read the poem whatever we think that something understood might be um, you know, the idea, perhaps the question that we should carry with us before moving on to Cuneo is that, you know, what, what is prayer? You know, what, what is what happens? Yeah. And, you know, different forms of understanding things and different forms of experiencing things. Perhaps that's the, that's the line, like note that we should carry with us to, uh, to Cuneo's poem. Mm. So do you want to work this out before we go on or do you want to go on and work it out then? Um, no, 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 no. I just want to have that question in my pocket. <laughs> As, okay. we, as we deal with Cuneo's poem. All right. Well, let's, 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 that's, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. We, and we, I think we, yeah, we will, we will have more to say about Herbert as we go along. Um, so I'll just have a, a couple of really quick further comments on Cuneo, and then uh, you're going to read his poem for us, and it's going to be really, really lovely. Um, so maybe just one addition to what I've already said about Cuneo and his reading and his kind of the way he alludes to things is that he has said in interviews that he's tried to read as widely and openly as possible, even though he's never studied literature academically. Um, and we do see that wide reading in the collection Us in lots of ways, um, through Old English lyrics like The Wanderer, uh, through talking about Shakespeare, Dunn, Goethe, Coleridge, <laughs> Gelly, Qureshi, Ishiguro and, and others. Um, so he's someone who, you know, is, is, is really interested in representing um, past literature. And the poem we're reading today, which is also called Prayer, this was written as a commission for a series of events hosted by the Globe in London called Voice and Echo. Um, and as I understand it, those were a set of evenings of music and poetry readings. Um, and I believe Cuneal featured on the bill alongside John Greening, Vikram Seth, Glyn Maxwell and perhaps some other men too. I can't find too much information out about those events in 2015. I'd love to know more. It went on and was included in the collection Us. Um, and in that collection, a whole world of experience and knowledge can depend upon the presence or absence of a single word. Uh, when we read through Cuneo's poem, Prayer, I think we're going to see lots of interesting reflections on the way grief and mourning are structured by religious and literary precedents. So, Shima, do you want to read us prayer? Yes, with pleasure. Prayer. First heard words, 
delivered to this right ear, Allahu Akbar, God is great, by my father in the Queen Elizabeth maternity ward. God's breath in man returning to his birth, says Herbert, is prayer. If I continued, his lines from there, from birth, a break Herbert chimes with heaven and earth. I'd keep in talk my mum on a Hereford hospital bed and say what prayer couldn't end. I'd say I made an animal noise, hurled languages hurt. At midday, when word had come, cancer. Now, so spread by midnight, her rings were off. I stayed on at her bed. Earlier, time and rhythm flatlining, I whispered, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Mouth at her ear. She stared on ahead. I won't know if she heard. Right, lovely. Really different, really different poem to her, but, but also, you know, maybe, maybe raising some similar questions. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Where should we start with this? Do we want to think about how it responds to Herbert or do we want to just start at the beginning and kind of talk our way through it? Um, perhaps start at the beginning because, I mean, um, because we are swimming in familiar waters um, in relation to um, Herbert's theme as well. I think whatever we say, we will be ending up relating it to Herbert's prayers as well. Um, so I'd say line by line, what do you think? Let's, let's just start like that and see how we get on. So, mm -hmm. so we do start with, with first heard words delivered to this right ear. So we're talking about this, this scene of birth, um, mm -hmm. this, uh, what I understand is, is, a, is a very common um, Muslim practice of whispering, uh, God is great, into the ear of a newborn child. Um, and does that, if we look at those first three lines, what do you think we're learning about? Yeah. Like these ideas of sort of language or, or identity, um, history, even at the very start of the poem? Um, perhaps looking at the first line, uh, it, it is worthwhile to note that, um, for, instance, in, for instance, in Herbert's uh, poem, we started with, with the speaking, with the idea of um, I am giving the breath back to God, whereas here he started with hearing first heard verse. Um, and then, of course, we have Allahu Akbar, um, which is um, a very good point to talk about because, um, in um, non Arabic speaking um, Muslim countries, um, there is always that, that distance between um, your first language and the language of, of Quran. Yeah. Um, because it's in Arabic, um, and when you don't know Arabic, there is always that, um, you know, these are the words that are, um, you know, you know they are meaningful, but you do not have the grasp of the language. So there is that sort of gap between the, the language of religion and your, um, your first language. Um, so it is, that gap perhaps is something that we should think about as well as we as we read um yeah, and of I course there that. is that sort of we have various cultural elements going on in here as well on the one hand we have um the father of the baby whispering allahu akbar to the baby's ears on the other hand this is this is a uh, birth that is taking place in queen elizabeth maternity ward um what, what, what do you think 
Yeah, okay, well, I think um, yeah, your point about the, the, the strangeness of language is, 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 is really worth noting um, because he, he does talk a fair bit about his, his, his father's language. Um, you know, in fact, uh -huh. the next poem in the collection is called Hill Speak, um, uh -huh. which talks about, uh, well, the first line is, there is no dictionary for my father's language. Um, you know, because he speaks this, uh, I don't know if it's, it's it, I, don't think, I don't think you'd call it a dialect, but a whole language that is kind of so obscure that it's, it's not written. Uh, even taxi drivers don't know what they're, what he's talking about. Um, so there's a sort of simplicity and elegance in Allahu Akbar um, and, an and an authenticity as well. Um, but there's also a distance and you know maybe that's maybe that's something that's there in her but just who who, who would kind of think about the inadequacy of, of words to express himself uh to express himself to god um but there's there's a certain you know i, I like that intimacy of that scene you know the 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 whispering in his ear um there's an intimacy yeah. there where, where maybe it doesn't matter, you know, we're, we're not talking about a kind of conflict of, of uh, language and identity. We're talking about quite an intimate moment where that religion, uh, that culture, that tradition is being passed on, um, just waiting for things to get a bit more complicated. But, and I wanted to ask, I wanted to point as well, you know, I do like the way it's in the Queen Elizabeth maternity ward, right? That's quite a fun little... I'm sure it's, I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's true, but like it's kind of a, it's a fun setting um, because there is a Queen Elizabeth hospital in Birmingham. Um, but, you know, you're, you're putting yourself very clearly in, uh, in England's green and pleasant land. And with, with Elizabeth, obviously that, that would be Queen Elizabeth II, that the hospital is named after, but you're thinking about the 16th and 17th century too with Queen Elizabeth. Um, you're thinking about that that history and background that he's um, being born into and settling into right away. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is like he's what he's doing um, throughout the collection as well. That was uh, a theme that he was playing with quite a lot. Um, his various different cultural perspectives and the language itself, and you know, like he'll speak um, or the, the the previous poem. Uh, before before prayer in the collection again the word um he, this is this is this is a theme that he's thinking about quite a lot in these poems um and he, he tries different things with um uh quite beautifully yeah i'd say um so yeah yeah what what he's doing in those first lines are are quite nice but then what he does right after this is even more interesting um so we have one one form of praying of course um with Allahu Akbar, and then after that, we have the we have Herbert being quoted. So we have then another form of praying which comes comes into the scene. Yeah, I think you know, and maybe maybe that's kind of a, a way forward with this is is thinking about these different moments of of, of speech and and prayer because yeah. it is, it's it's a different mode of uh, prayer. It's a different mode of language, a different kind of of reception. Um, and even though it's a very short poem, 15 lines, so nearly a sonnet, we've got a few of those. So we start with Allah Akbar coming right from his birth. 
then we get God's breath in man returning to his birth. And then um, later, you know, he starts talking about his mum on this, this hospital bed in this moment of terrific um, sadness where he, where he made this animal noise. And I think finally in this pattern, we get those, those three little statements, thank you, I love you, thank you. Yeah. Um, with, with his mouth at her ear. So that's the sort of story of the poem is going from that, that moment of his birth back to the moment of his mother's um, passing. But, but that's a story that's kind of punctuated by these different ideas of, of, of prayer, of language and, and what comes with them. And, and okay, and maybe, yeah. maybe I just wonder about, could we, could we try framing this like our discussion of the Herbert poem, where we're thinking about um, whether there is a successful cycle between God and man, whether human beings do manage to complete this kind of circuit of um, connection. I mean, what, what do you think from reading that? You know, I, I felt like in those first three lines, you have got this really intimate moment. <coughs> but do you think in the poem, we get towards this sort of, like, yeah, like I say, like a cycle, like a kind of perfection in the way human connections are being made? Does that um, I yeah yeah um it does I mean the, the that perfect circle is there a perfect circle here it's quite interesting because um I think that's one of the things that the poem is is questioning um we we, we start with uh, hearing words in this one in this poem first heard words delivered to his right this right ear Allahu Akbar and then, um, so something is heard, somebody says something, somebody says something sacred, and there's a baby, and, and, and that baby hears it. Um, and then the poem ends with, um, this time the grown-up person says something to his mom, and we do not know whether the mom hears it or not. Yeah, yeah. So is that, um, is that the perfect circle? Um, and yeah, I, um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about it, but I feel like maybe that is one of the, um, one of the questions that the, the poem is asking. Yeah, I think, and I think maybe, maybe that's the point, isn't it? That the poem is, is, is raising the question because, um, yeah. he says, thank you. I love you. Thank you. But then says, you know, however close they were, however absolutely intimate that moment is, I won't know if she heard. And then the poem ends. Um, so the act of saying isn't isn't enough. Um, they have to be heard as well. And I guess even in that that newborn child, a child might not <laughs> a new an absolutely newborn child, of course, won't yeah. understand language, but they they will have heard some kind of sound. Um, but he can't even know if she heard those words she, he can't know if he felt if she felt that that breath next to her ear that little bit of life coming from him um he can't know any of that and yeah i don't know but perhaps that's the Go on. Um, I was going to say, perhaps we should um, keep on reading because I think I think the poem sort of gives us an answer as to why there is that that burden with the communication there as as we go on. Yeah. Um, 
with the introduction of the theme of cancers, um, you know, and and then the, the animal noise. Okay. Um, so so the, I think. The, no, no, that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. For, for, so if we, yeah, if, we yeah. look, if we look at what he's saying, so we, we have that line from Herbert, God's breath and man returned to his birth, yeah. says Herbert, is prayer. If I continued his lines from there, from birth, a break Herbert rhymes with heaven and earth, I'd keep in thought my mum on a Hereford hospital bed, <coughs> say what prayer couldn't end. So that line from Herbert, whatever, whatever its value as a statement about prayer, that is a line that sort of, pushing him forward, keeping him moving, connecting him with, uh, you know, a, a spiritual world of heaven and, um, you know, the, the, the mortal world of earth. So that line is, is doing some work, right, in, in, in making those connections for him and moving him forwards, um, whatever we think about the, the world of God. Um, but then there's that shift. And do you, want, do you want to say, do you want to tell us some more about, I'd, you know, so, so reading on from there, after that, and say what prayer couldn't end, mm -hmm. then he'd say, I'd say I made an animal noise. Hurled languages hurt yeah. midday when word has come. Yeah, um, yeah, that is, um, that is quite, quite a nice way of, I think, uh, thinking about, because, because as we read, you can, you can tell that the poem itself is, is thinking about Different forms of praying, different ways of praying, different different understandings of praying as well, and we can use all these fancy words in order to um, describe what it is that we understand. Um, you know, going back to Herbert, there. Um, you know, we have Allah Akbar, we have a quotation from uh, Herbert's uh, poem, but then are they enough? Um, at the end of the day, when he says, "I made animal an animal noise, heard languages hurt," he Language, language is hurt, language is not quite enough for what he feels, and he hears one single word, and that is cancer. Yeah. Um, I made an animal noise, heard language is heard at midday when word had come, cancer. And it is very crude words, it has no fanciness whatsoever. It is not one of these beautiful images or the, you know, kind of sort of soul shaking, scary images that we find in prayer, but it is, this is a bit more crude out there word cancer and that's it and that's that word in itself is not part of another sentence it's just there yeah. given to us by the by this poem and that makes the the speakers the 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 poetic persona make an animal noise and her languages hurt um so i think we have here questions about what language is enough for and what it is not enough for and sometimes and, yeah. an animal noise can be just as much some sort of prayer as well. Right, yeah. And I think I, I think that emphasis on the word cancer is really useful because it's it's blunt, it's kind of um raw, but it you know, it it, it communicates it communicates so much uh, yeah. in that one little statement. And I think it's it's suggestive that the next sentence is uh, cancer now so spread by midnight her rings were off and yeah. um, okay and it's interesting that I, I hadn't noticed that before but he hears it at midday and then he, he he I guess he sees her at midnight so at midday he hears at midnight uh, her rings are off 
and that yeah. and and we, we've discussed haven't we that idea of the rings and i think maybe my interest in just talking about this idea of a circuit or cycle or mm -hmm. you know communication between god and man maybe it does come back to that idea of a, of a ring because it's such a a, a provocative image for, for herbert and for for Cuneal, that the, the ring um, suggests you know, marriage, it suggests unity, it suggests a halo, it suggests all kinds of connections. Um, and, you know, in, in, a, in a Herbert poem like Hope, that would be, be the kind of clear precedent for me, whether or not Cuneal has that in mind. Um, it seems that that word cancer that's that's sort of broken the ring it's broken the cycle yeah um and it's the the word as much as the the action um i don't know what i mean i don't know what, quite what i mean by that um but the, that that's what i think i think perhaps go um, ahead go ahead um you know I, I i think what you just said just you know just reminds me of um it makes me think of um you know what how do we express pain how do we express um you know like in the, in the face of of an illness what, what what do we do what what kind of language is enough to express what we're feeling um and of course that takes takes us back to you know this big old question that has been dealt uh, by um you know the, the medical humanities um for, for a while now, and you know we can find it in, of course, Regina Woolf's um, "On Being Ill" essay, where she complains about how there are so many words and so many poems and so many fancy ways of describing, um, you know, the feelings of the heart, you know, the pains of the heart or the pains of, you know, the soul. However, when it comes to an actual migraine, an actual illness, an actual physical pain, there are no words for it. The, the literature doesn't quite cover it and he she she's complaining about that there and of course this has been dealt with for for some time for a very long time now but i think again those ideas are helpful for us to understand what Cuneal is doing with language here as well because his response to the word cancer as you say once the rings were off you know that cycle is perhaps broken and his, his response to that is thank you i love you thank you these are not very fancy words. These are very, very daily life words. These are very innocent little sentences that we say to someone. Quite also loaded sentences as well. Of course, they are not as innocent, um, you know, as simple. Um, but they are not, for instance, they are quite different than, say, um, you know, the the, the uh, Muslim prayer Allah Akbar or the way Herbert yeah. discusses yeah. what prayer is. And you know the animal noises, um, the pain, and these sentences—very simple little sentences. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Yeah. That and what, and what in I want captures the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So what? Yeah. I want. I want to do as well is 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 is, is, think, is think about those lines and what. So to, just to read a little bit more. So we had the bit about the rings, and then he says, "I stayed on at her bed earlier." time and rhythm flatlining i whispered thank you mm -hmm. i love you thank you mouth at her ear and you you're absolutely right that th those words are, are really in contrast to those previous quotations and you, you know I, I agree with you about them being day to day 
And what I find interesting there is it seems like, um, I wouldn't quite say a re rejection of poetry or rejection of the language of religion, but there is, there is a kind mm -hmm. of response there that, that's saying, you know, poetry isn't going to help me, um, Allah Akbar isn't going to help me. Um, and that, that statement, he says, time and rhythm flatlining, obviously we're imagining almost that, that, that sort of cliche hospital scene of the uh, heart rate monitor going beep, 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 and yeah. going slower and slower, which is, you know, really, really sad thing to, to watch happen. Um, but yeah. it's, it's difficult not to see that as a comment about poetry as well, as a moment when time and rhythm flatlines, you know, time and rhythm, surely the most important features of poetry is, is time and rhythm in some form. Um, this is a moment where, yeah. where poetry seems to be dying and as well as, as well as his mum and, um, you know, he's, by, by, by talking about this here, it's like a renunciation of what Herbert's role could be. You know, we could say, oh, you know, I was so sad, but then I read Herbert and I felt really, really great. Um, I think, you know, people, people would say that, but Cooney is not saying that. He's saying there's this poem by Herbert who I read and who makes me think about this stuff. But when I think about how sad I was, like, forget Herbert, forget the Quran, forget Allah Akbar. Well, these are the only words I can say. And you know what? I don't even know if they made a difference. Um, so there's a renunciation of poetry, but also a renunciation of language itself or, or any kind of, po of process of um, language having a value. Yeah, and um, I think as much as these kind of different languages in here, we have um, silences yeah as well um all forms of communication it gives us here um those gaps when he on of course in a, in a, when when you're talking about these things it's not quite easy to visualize for for the listeners but um those gaps between the sentences thank you i love you thank you there is there is that clear silence going on in there so we have the silence too um silence is part of the communication as yeah. well here um so yeah, it is um, what he's doing is um, you know we we have these these different forms of languages, these different forms of understanding death and mourning and pain and illness, um, and we don't even know at the end of the day whether the, the message is received. Yeah, maybe. And I, I think the more I read this, the more kind of interested I am in the in the the questions it raises and. Um, Maybe my one frustration with this is just, do I want more answers? What am I looking for? Do I want more investment in the questions? I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, I guess I just don't feel, somehow I feel, I feel very interested in what Cooney was saying. I don't feel entirely satisfied with the experience of reading his poetry. And I don't know if I'm just being really, really cynical. I think he's doing um, this. Um, I mean, I find what he's doing quite original um, in terms of bringing together um, not only different 
um, languages and different types of languages, mm. but also different uh, religions, different understandings, different kinds of noises. Yeah. Um, bringing bringing in um, silences as well at this moment of death. Um, and as you were saying that we have the cycle it begins with the birth and it ends with the death. Um, yeah, it is perhaps it doesn't even you know it is that moment you know it is that moment of pain and and the and the lack of ways to express how you feel in that moment and that is that he leaves us with that. Yeah, I think I I I, I am with you on this. Um... And maybe, I mean, maybe just I feel like we, we sort of, we're sort of getting through it now. And I'm sure we could go back and cover more ground. But maybe what we want to do is just sort of come back to this, this question I keep asking about what he's got from these older texts. You know, what's, what's the point of including Herbert here at all? That, that is a question. And I, I don't know, I want to go back to that poem, The Wardrobe, that I read from before. And I'll just read a couple of lines there. Um, actually, maybe I'll read a little bit more. Yeah, I'll read a little bit more from the wardrobe because I think it just might give us something to, to think about for two minutes to finish off. Um, so in the second stanza of the wardrobe, he writes, on top of the MDF wardrobe near the landing, fittingly high from the ground, was our family's Quran, wrapped in cloth, gilt-edged, wide enough to house three scripts. Around the time I'd be glued to films like The Lion, The Witch. I'd place a chair beneath, take down the shrouded weight, undo the black sleeve, open a page, and read a corridor of the English that slept in the margins. I wasn't sure why I did this, or what I'd fear I might miss, or if I was sitting the right way, or how to feel true to the words. I'd lift them back, re-wrapped onto the wardrobe. Distantly, I've long looked up to books, the distance they cover. Picture me, delayed, walking through a bookshop. Say this one, forgetting what I first came in for, or if I ever really knew. And it, I'm just putting that out there because it feels a little bit like he's committed to reading Herbert in this poem. He's committed to this literature from, from the past, like, you know, oh, I love literature, I love poetry, it's so useful. But once he's read it, it's this kind of experience of forgetting why I read Herbert in the first place. Or did I ever even know why I was reading Herbert? Is that, is that a, an appropriate connection or am I just making it up? Um, I mean, I think in prayers, um, it is... It's not quite, for, for instance, um, now remembering back our um, first discussion about um, a few months ago, um, our first discussion about Andrat Street and, um, uh, and, and Bolan, um, that was that kind of more direct, you know, he, she, she wrote something and I found her poems in Ireland, opened my door and they, there they were. That was that kind of clear sort of responding back almost, or describing uh, Evan Bolland's experience of reading Amber yeah. uh, Street. However, in here, I think it's more like Herbert is here as, as another tradition, as another approach towards, you know, here are the, um, you know, traditions that sort of I am surrounded by, 
about praying, about language, about God. And here is how I am capable of responding right now in this very second in the face of that cancer. So I think Herbert there is sort of the, the, the vein that is feeding uh, this poem. It's there as another um, as, as another way of approaching these issues, just like, of course, religion, just like, um, you know, the, the moment of um, whispering Allah who Akbar into a baby's ears. Yeah. Herbert is there for another way of understanding God and life and, and, and religion and praying. Um, but I think, I think the point is that, you know, in the face of cancer, none of these traditions quite work. You know what? I think that's a I think that's a really nice contrast, and I'd I'd forgot forgotten about our discussion of Evan Boland, but I think that's really really relevant that Boland clearly explicitly says how how much momentum and how much inspiration she gets from from reading Anne Bradstreet and yeah. how it's opening up this amazing door. Um, that's not quite the same for for Cooney or um, no. I think I think no, that, I, I think the question is does sorry. I keep no, going. no, go on. I was just going to say, I think the question is, you know, does, does Herbert work for me right now? In this very circuit, does it, does it do anything for me right now? This is what he says about praying. Does it really work for me right now? He says, you know, he chimes, <coughs> birds with heaven and earth. Um, does it, does, or Allahu Akbar, do, do these, do these things, do they, do they work for me right now at this very second of, <laughs> you know pain right and, and maybe and yeah and maybe it's it's worth just coming back to that idea of um the commission that this was done you know he i i, I don't know if he was paid to do it or not but he's asked to do it as, and set a brief as, as far as i understand it um that yeah something's been offered to him and does it work? Um, yeah, it, maybe it doesn't quite work. And that's, uh, maybe, I, maybe that's a, a good place to sort of wrap up with a poet who's really trying to, to use that, that history and finding interesting things to say, but also finding, you know, a kind of dissatisfaction with it. That this, in your expression, Shima, this poetry doesn't really work. It does something, but it doesn't really help me with this stuff that I've got to deal with. Um, so that's, I think that's an interesting conclusion to come to. And it's a different one that we've had with other poets. Um, and I think um, yeah. we've done some good work if we've got there today. I think we might connect this to um, your, your question about um, prayers. Um, her, of course, we have two prayers here. Um, Herbert's prayer, when you said, when you asked whether there was any satisfaction at the end of it. Um, I think I think that is a good question to ask to to Cuneo's poem. You know, um, do you have any kind of satisfaction at the end of it, um, at the end of Herbert's prayer? And I think this poem, Cuneo's poem, says no. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Well, look, Shima, shall we wrap it up for now? And um, yes, yes. Say thank you to our listeners for listening in, all hundreds of them uh we haven't published it yet so maybe we'll get some soon so we'll sign off now um thank you everyone for listening and uh you know shima i hope we can have you back again for some more poetry fun it's been great having you here today to talk thank you very much for having me it was very fun and i hope to uh, repeat this again thank you okay bye bye everyone bye